Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Firestone Destination AT2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What's up, everybody? Happy Thanksgiving. Three and Out Podcast. John Middlecop. I'm actually uh, right now in uh, Bodega Bay with my family, but had to record a podcast really quick before we just watched Chicago Bears, the Dallas Cowboys, both get big-time wins. Rough day for John Gruden. You know, I mean, he traded Khalil Mack. He traded Amari Cooper who had an enormous day. I mean, Khalil's had a huge season. Amari had a <laughs> massive day. A couple touchdowns. I had him in daily fantasy. He crushed it. Uh, r- rough day. But but I think, to me, uh, before we get into some other stuff, uh, I, I go around the league, talk about Jim Harbaugh, go get into the middle cough mailbag. It, it pretty, a l- little bit of a light Thanksgiving holiday podcast, but I had to do something. Uh, my, my big takeaway this morning and today, uh, besides being thankful for everything, obviously today's Thanksgiving, m- one of my favorite holidays, w- the best eating holiday of, of the year by far. Starting with Chicago Bears, like they're eight and three, they're they're a playoff team. It's over. They they are going to the playoffs. Whether they win the division or get a wild card, more than likely it looks like they're going to win the division. If somehow the Packers win on Sunday night, they will win the NFC North. But they're in the playoffs. They're a, they're actually more likely right now to be a 12-win team than they are a 10-win team. Like, they're just good. You, you win a Thursday game. It was actually, as Jim Nance said it on the broadcast, the shortest turnaround in NFL history. They played Sunday night. Then they played Thursday morning with a backup quarterback. Hat tip to Matt Nagy. Hat tip to Vic Fangio. Hat tip to Chase Daniels. Give him some credit. I mean, the guy was ready. Defense played awesome. Eddie Jackson just keeps making plays. The Bears are good. Like, there's just no disputing it. They're good. And they're headed to the playoffs. 
they're going to more than likely host a playoff game. You know, maybe Seattle in the first round. More than likely, Chicago's going to be in the second round playing New Orleans or L.A. when it's all said and done. They're, they're just a good team. Uh, they have a potent offense whenever Mitch comes back in the sense that they have a ton of playmakers. Mitch can make plays with his legs, and the defense is unreal. They're just awesome. They, they make plays. They sack you. I mean, they're one of the best pressure teams in the league. But Eddie Jackson, back-to-back pick sixes these last two weeks. Uh, they, they make plays on the ball. And then with the Dallas Cowboys, like I, I owe an, an apology to, uh, to the Dallas Cowboys. I made fun of them several weeks back. It's pretty clear they're just good. They have an excellent defense, an excellent, an excellent pass-rushing defense. Both those two young linebackers make plays nonstop. And if Amari, just every other game, gives them a big game, they're in great shape. Like It's, it's pretty clear that the Bears and the Cowboys paid a premium for two players. And they were right. The Bears were 100% right because Khalil's a superstar. But the Cowboys, like if Amari, and this was my beef with trading Amari, like he was a guy that had seven, 176, and two in the bag. Only so many guys in the league have that in the bag, and, and he was one of them. And he's he's 24 years old. You, I, I just, I'm not big on getting rid of those guys. Uh, Their upside, their ceiling is just too high. Jerry Jones, a riverboat gambler, he gambled, and he, he was rewarded today on Turkey Day in front of the entire country. Seven catches, 176, and two touchdowns. Uh, only so many guys in the league have that in the bag. And I don't think Amari will ever be a top five wide receiver. But what makes him unique, probably, you know, he's a top 15 guy, but he has those type days in the bag. Like on any, you know, once a month, he'll, you know, when he's playing well, he'll have the 8-9 for 150 and two touchdowns because he's just a game breaker. He has effortless speed. He makes plays that are just kind of eye-opening. Now, he can have some terrible plays. Like, the thing about Khalil, he's slow and steady. He'll destroy you most weeks. Amari's going to have some weeks where you're just like, where is he? What's going on here? And then he's going to have weeks like today where he took Josh Norman to school. Uh, he made plays. That, I mean, that 80-yard catch or whatever it was in triple coverage was just wow. I mean, that's Odell Beckham-level stuff. Uh, the Cowboys are in great position. They play the Saints. I guess in ten days on Sunday Night Football, but they're six and five. the The Redskins are done without Alex Smith. The Eagles are in trouble, depending on what happens Sunday. But the Cowboys are in great position, and everyone wrote off Jason Garrett, made fun of him for being the clapper, and Jerry Jones for sticking with him. But give him credit the the Cow I mean the Bears, like I said, they're they're a playoff lock. It's over. It's done. Cash money. That they're in. To me, the Cowboys. I, I won't go that far. I won't put it in concrete. But it's it's damn close, man. It sure is it sure as hell headed that way. Uh, the Cowboys are really good. They have a formula that I think will work in December, and th- they will not be an easy out come January if they make the play. If they win the NFC East, let's say they play Seattle in that first round or Carolina in that first round, like they could win that game in Dallas for sure. I mean, just Dak, Zeke, Amari, the offensive line playing well in that defense. Uh, to me, the Bears for sure can win a playoff game. To me, and Dallas is, they're a sleeper. I mean, we know how good L.A. is. We know how good New Orleans is. But I think those two teams can make some noise, mainly because of their defense, mainly because of their pass rush. 
Like, they do something unique in this day and age. They can get after the quarterback. In, in a league where you are, you're just not allowed to touch anyone anywhere on the field, the one place you're allowed to do it is on the line of scrimmage. And that's the one area where Dallas can, and obviously Chicago, they dominate. They, Dallas runs around you. Chicago runs right through you. And at the end of the day, pass rushing on defense is by far. And now it always kind of has been. But back in the day, covering was big. Having run-stuffing linebackers was big. None of that shit matters anymore. Can you rush the passer? I know who can. The Bears clearly can. And Dallas sure as hell can too. I, I talked about it a little Monday, I guess on the Tuesday pod. And I'm going to talk about it a little more. I, I don't have some crazy take. Or some opinion. I'm just really, really excited for this game. And I, I saw on Wednesday, Joel Klatt told Coward he thought it was the biggest game Harbaugh's coached since the Super Bowl. Uh, he, he coached some pretty big games the following season. He was in the NFC Championship game, if you remember that famous game against Seattle. Uh, the Crabtree game that Richard Sherman, you know, tipped the ball. Crabtree! You know, when they were going at it with Aaron Andrews. So... The next year after they made the Super Bowl, Jim won, people forget, three playoff or two playoff games and came close to winning on the road against Seattle. So the following year, but this is easily the biggest game he's coached now in five years since that season. He has to win it. There's just sometimes in life, like things are pretty, there's gray area in most things. Like most things are just not black and white. Like there's not always a right and wrong way to answer your wife, to discipline your children. Business decisions sometimes are hard. How should I allocate money for marketing? I, I don't know. There's not there's not always a right answer. And you can't always say, well, this that's I don't know if you should do that. Or, yeah, I think this has to happen for this to be right. Like, this is black and white. Jim Harbaugh has to win this game. No excuses. Myers' team is in shambles. They cannot stop a nosebleed right now. No one thinks that Urban Meyer is going to be back next season. Like, you have to get over the hump. You know what else is crazy about Jim Harbaugh's tenure? He has been in Michigan. This is his fourth year. He was with the 49ers for four seasons. Didn't it feel like he was there 20? And I don't feel that confident about it. Uh, but just what a great game for college football. This is huge. Like, the college football, they've had Urban there. Ohio State's a huge brand. But M- Michigan would really, really, add. having Jim Harbaugh in this college football playoff would really help the just the whole thing. I mean, Saban's a lock. Uh, Clemson feels like a lock. Notre Dame is a lock, and that's great for the football and great for the brand. But getting Jim Harbaugh, whether it's, it'd be more than likely Nick Saban round one, like that's a huge game. Nick Saban versus Jim Harbaugh. I mean, I sign me up. I know Coward wants Oklahoma, and I, I do agree Michigan would 98% probably lose that game. But I've seen Harbaugh beat Belichick. I've seen him win road playoff games against Aaron Rodgers. I've seen him beat Pete Carroll. You know, I, I saw him beat Matt Ryan on the road to get to the Super Bowl. He's won a lot of big – he beat Drew Brees, Sean Payton. You ever heard of those guys? Like, to just think that Jim Harbaugh no way could beat Nick Saban. I'm calling BS on that. Now, it would be difficult. They would have to play their A-plus game. And Alabama would probably have to play like a B-minus game and turn the ball over a couple times. But they he's won those games. He has overachieved as an underdog. 
he has won games that people didn't think he could win before. So you don't think he can do it again? Now it's a little different in college football. Like you either got the Jimmys and the Joes or you don't when you're playing Alabama. But he does have some Jimmys and the Joes. Like he has a ton of NFL players. Now to the level of Alabama, no. Would it be one of the biggest upsets in college football history? Yes. But to get there, he, I mean, he'd probably be a 15-point underdog. You know, and I don't think anyone would pick them. And I wouldn't even feel great about taking the points. But I'm just telling you, it's possible. But the only way to get there is for Jim and Michigan and Shea Patterson and Big Blue to go into the horseshoe and take care of freaking business. You have to win this game. You're the favored. You're the, you're the favorite. Your team is just better. It's playing better. It's peaking. Like there are no, the only tiny excuses on the road. But eventually you got to win a road game you know, against Ohio State to beat them. Now, Ohio State, or Michigan hasn't beat Ohio State since 2000 in Ohio State. It's a long time ago. That was the year Jim Harbaugh retired from the NFL, to put it into perspective. So, it's been a while. It'd be a first, you know, for 18 years. They, or I guess, you know, because they alternate. So, technically, nine games. They have not beat them there. So, just Jim, just come through. I'm rooting for you. I want it to happen. And college football wants it to happen. Okay, let's uh, let's take a little time and go through some of these matchups for Sunday. Some some intriguing games. Ah, it might be a stretch. Not not the best Sunday of the year. Uh, not not the best Sunday of the year by any means. But as long as we have the Monday night game and some of those Thursday games, you know, football, well, you can't complain about everything. But I'll, I'll go through game by game on Sunday, and we'll fire through them. Jaguars at the Bills. Uh, this is one of those games. I don't even know what you can possibly say. I, I, I do think there's this. The story last week coming out about Jalen Ramsey potentially getting traded this offseason. I know the Jaguars immediately shot it down. I, I call BS. Like, I definitely think they're having that discussion. Are we going to pay this guy, you know, the Khalil Mack, Aaron Donald version of a DB contract? You know, now for Jalen Ramsey, who has been pretty unreal, you know, they, they got 87 and 90 million. I, I think he would try to get 70 ish, you know, and he's that good, but he, you can't be disputed. He's somewhat of a pain in the ass. He never stops talking. And this week he was blasting Josh Allen, which I don't even blame him. Josh Allen stinks. Tom Coughlin doesn't like that. You know, you're allowed to have a personality, but he goes out of his way to badmouth every opponent. And it's just, Jalen, man, you, you can't, you got to pick your battles here, my man. And I, that, there's a reason they even contemplate trading a, you. It's your mouth. It's not your play. You're an elite player. You're arguably the best corner in the league. But, man, you got to keep them up late at night. Just He said, what? Uh, no thoughts on the Bills. Other than they are, they're the poor man's version this year of what the Bears were last year. The difference is, because they do have a good defense, and they're going to get a lot better, is I don't believe in Josh Allen uh, and Sean McDermott's a defensive coach. So it's not like their offense is all of a sudden going to turn around. But I, I do think they're going to be feisty these next couple years. And they have been the last couple years, even despite sucking. They are a good, bad team. Browns, Bengals. Listen, I, I enjoy watching Baker Mayfield. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. Greg Williams, you know, could rattle off. If somehow he were to go, what would he probably have to do to get the job? I went out. That would mean he went 8-6-1. and one. You know, I, I don't even know if he won out, he would get the job. But let's say he went 
eight and one. That's what their the Browns finished at. Uh, I I think that would help the job a lot. You know, it'd be a really competitive team with a young quarterback, with a young nucleus of of players. You just need to add maybe a wide receiver, and what are they really lacking? A, a wide receiver and maybe more defensive backs. Uh, I mean, they did just draft Enzo Ward, who's been really good. They're actually a pretty good team. You know, they just need wide receiver. They need explosion on offense. And they have Jarvis Landry. They have Nick Chubb. They have Baker Mayfield. Uh, they, they just need more playmakers around them. Uh, the Bengals are in trouble, man. They added they added Huey Jackson, who's just terrible, stealing. Uh, who knows what he's doing? I guess he's a defensive coach. How does that even make sense? I know he's coached defense in the past, but well, well, Hugh Jackson's your defensive coach. I mean, if he's ever going to help, he should help this week against the Browns. Uh, Patriot Jets, not many thoughts. The Patriots should absolutely destroy the Jets. The line, as I'm recording this, is nine and a half. This has Blowout City written all over it. Uh, no other thoughts between beside the Patriots should kill him. And the one thing will be interesting, like, does Gronk finally play? Does he ever come back? Are they saving him for the playoffs? You know, what's their deal? Uh, they are by no means now out of the number one seed. The Chiefs losing, they got two losses. They're on their bye. So if the Patriots win this weekend, they would be 8-3. and three. The Chiefs would be 10-2, and two, or excuse me, 9-2. and two. But the Chiefs still have some sneaky, tough games uh, left on their schedule. Still have another game against the Chargers. Still have to play the Bears. Uh, they, they, just have some, they just have some interesting games. Excuse me, I don't think the Chiefs have to play the Bears. But that would be sweet if that happened. Giants-Eagles. Are the Eagles really going to start 4-7? and seven? I, That was my take last week. Are they going to go 4-6? and six? And then they went 4-6. and six. Their offense looks putrid. The Giants sneaky, playing decent. Uh, the Eli Manning has played better these last couple weeks. He went 17-18 last, last week. Now they were playing the inept Tampa defense. Who Tampa Bay right now has one interception. Let me repeat, they have one interception. For those of you that haven't checked the stat sheets, that's dead last in the NFL. One interception. For Put this in perspective, Earl Thomas played four games this year, had three picks. Like That's pretty bad. Uh, so maybe Eli's just hot. The Eagles have a ton of injuries in their defensive backfield. I, I don't think it's crazy the Giants could win this game. The Eagles are kind of in shambles. 49ers, Buccaneers, like I said, the Bucs have one pick. O.J. Howard just went on injury reserve. Jameis is going to start. Nick Mullins. I, the Niners are terrible. I mean, the Niners just are not good. Uh, the Buccaneers should win this game. That's I, I have to watch this game because it's be on my local television at 10 a.m. On, on Saturday morning, but that's a terrible game. Seahawks-Panthers might be the game of the day. Uh, the Panthers sneaky are kind of falling apart right now. You know, I, I, I threw away that loss to Pittsburgh on Thursday night. Perfect storm, right? You had to travel, short week. You just got boat raced by a hot team. Well, then last week, you played the Lions off 10 days rest, and you lose at home? Like, that was a bad loss. That was a really bad loss for the Panthers. If the Seahawks were to win this game, they would be they would be 6-5. and five. That's who Kansas City should have to play, the Seattle. Seattle would be 6-5. and five with some pretty good wins. They still have two games left against the 49ers. Let me tell you, if Seattle wins this game in their 6-5, and five, let me, let's go through their schedule. They play the Niners the following week at home. That's a win, 7-5. and five. 
They get the Vikings at home. I mean, that's a coin flip game. So let's just say they lose that game. Seven and six. Niners, nine and six. Excuse me. They're eight and six. The Chiefs, but the game's in Seattle. It's not crazy. I mean, they're going to win. God, Seattle's got... They're, Seattle's finishing after this Panther game. If they're able to win it, the Niners, the Vikings, the Chiefs, and the Cardinals, four of their last five games are at home. Are at home. And two of them are the Niners and the Cardinals. So if they just split the Vikings and the Chiefs, they get, I mean, they, they, they have a path to 10 wins. If Pete Carroll wins 10 wins with this roster and Russell Wilson, I mean, I, he's not going to win it, but he, he would deserve some Coach of the Year votes. That was a hell of a season by Seattle. Hell, they've had a hell of a season. Uh, Raiders, Ravens. God, the Raiders suck. The only thing interesting about this game is Lamar Jackson. 27 carries last week against a bad Bengals defense. But if they're bad, then the Raiders are all-time terrible. If Lamar Jackson is 27 carries against the Raiders, to me there is no chance that he doesn't get over 150 yards. I think it would be possible for him to have like a 200-yard rushing game. Sounds crazy. I'm telling you, I've watched every snap of this Raiders defense. They might be the worst defense I've ever seen in my life. I don't know how. First off, they don't have anyone that can run with Lamar. They're a terrible tackling team. They get no pass rush beside just a kind of a try-hard overachiever, Mo Hurst. This is a terrible matchup for the Raiders. If you if this at the end of this game, if you tell me that Lamar Jackson threw the ball under ten times, I'd believe you. I could see him having Alex Collins having eighteen rushes, Lamar having twenty two rushes, them combining for three hundred and fifty yards on the ground, and Lamar is six of nine passing. Like I'm telling you, do I? It could have a collegiate line. You know, like when you see an army box score, and the quarterback had four completions and seven attempts. But he ran for 150 yards, and two other running backs each ran for 100. That used to be like a Kaepernick Nevada line. He'd throw like nine times, you know, for 100 yards. But he'd also have 120 yards on the ground, and two other running backs would have 100, and they'd have like a 450 yards of total offense. You're like, but they only threw it for 100. Well, it doesn't matter because you can just run it. That's what I imagine the Ravens do this weekend. So if you're playing daily fantasy or just fantasy, I can see Lamar having like three rushing touchdowns. Cardinals, Chargers, uh, Chargers should kill them. If they're not furious after a terrible home loss last week to Denver, uh, I don't know what will motivate them. Like This should be a game they get up for. They should blow out the Cardinals. The line's 12-and-a-half. That's a little high for the Chargers. I mean, they're a weird team. They can't hit kicks. They play down to their competition sometimes. Steelers, Broncos, I think the Steelers are as hot as any team in the NFL. Uh, even when their game they were off last week in a game they should have lost to Jacksonville, they still found a way to win it. Antonio's had an all-pro level season. James Conner's been fantastic. Ben's playing well. Juju's good. Vance McDonald's playing well. Their defense is doing well enough. Uh, I, I think the Steelers are kind of a sleeper Super Bowl team right now. I would not want to play them in the playoffs. Uh, they've been there. They've done that. If they're going to win the North, so they're going to get a home playoff game probably against like the Chargers or the Colts or a team like that. So they're going to be in the second round against New England or Kansas City. The second round of the playoffs uh, in the AFC has a chance to have four pretty damn good teams. New England, Kansas City, in no particular order, Pittsburgh, and, and San Diego. And I, yes, I still call them San Diego. 
Dolphins, Colts. Andrew Luck is probably as hot as any player in the NFL. Seven straight games, three touchdowns or more. Their offense is absolutely humming. Beside T.Y. Hilton, the average fan can't name another offensive player for the Colts. Well, you probably can now because Eric Ebron's had a good fantasy year. Uh, their defense is playing well. Talked to a couple buddies this week in the league. Like, you watch them on tape. They, they, they play really hard. Uh, they fly around to the football. The rookie, Darius Leonard, has played really well. I mean, kind of a no-name guy from South Carolina State. They went pretty high in the second round and has been awesome. Quentin Nelson, I hated the pick, drafting a guard that high. But I, I'll give Chris Ballard credit. He's been awesome. Their offensive line has been awesome. I don't think Andrew Luck, I, I heard this on the radio, so it might be wrong. And I mean, the radio guy might have been wrong. That he hasn't been sacked in three straight games. He wasn't even hit wasn't touched last game so if you protect Andrew Luck you are going to light up the opponent whether you and I are his receivers whether he has Reggie Wayne and T.Y. Hilton whether he has reclamation projects like Eric Ebron he will win if he's not getting touched so Chris Ballard I know he's a buddy of Collins and Collins has been giving him credit for a while I was a little hesitant to kind of uh, jump on the bandwagon but I will tip my hat I've been impressed Uh, I'm never impressed with Andrew Luck because I thought he was elite but I've been impressed with the other guys that he added. The offensive line has been fantastic. And, I mean, that was Grigson's main – I mean, Grigson had a lot of problems. Ryan Grigson was one of the worst general managers you'll ever see. But his offensive line was putrid. I mean, it was going to get Andrew Luck – you know, he, he was going to live in a hospital. It was going to ruin his career. So, Chris Ballard's kind of saved it. The night game, I, I, I've been saying forever, anyone listening to this podcast – the Packers, to me, were done that Monday night football game against uh, uh, against the 49ers, so I haven't taken them seriously since. Nothing has changed since that game to change my thought process on them. If anything, it's just hammered home. I don't think they're very good. I think Aaron's over his head coach. Uh, Aaron and his brother getting – well, Aaron's not getting into a verbal spat. His brother called him out this week on Twitter for not calling his mom when she had to evacuate the fires despite him giving a million dollars. So a little drama there. Uh, the Vikings, I, I, I think, are the best bad team in the league. And when I say bad, you just look at their record. They're 4-5-1. and one. Ba- Bad would be too strong. Probably just mediocre to average team. Like, they are better than their record. Uh, obviously, the tie, which they easily could have won that game. Uh, they've had some just kind of crazy losses. Uh, I think they've played well a lot of the season. Their offensive line is a joke. It's just not good enough. Like, it's going to be the reason that they don't make a run. But as you saw in the game on Sunday night, like, their defense is still pretty good. They have two elite receivers in Diggs and Thielen. When Dalvin Cook is going, he's pretty damn good. And Latavius is an, is an awesome backup. And then, like I said, defensively, they've got pieces. So, I like them. They're at home. They're a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I like them big in this game. Okay, let's uh, let's record a couple couple mailbag questions. Keep this a little shorter. Thanksgiving, uh, you know, let you get back to your families. Even though if you're listening to this, you're probably taking a little break, going on a little walk, uh, working off some of that grub from from yesterday. Um, I'll answer Middlecoff mailbag. You can always slide up in my DMs at John Middlecoff, and I will get to them. If I, for some reason I've missed your question. Uh, I, I got so many DMs. Like I, I would imagine, you know, like models and stuff say their DMs are just overwhelmed. Mine are basically the opposite, with just dudes that are just asking me football questions and just some other random like Tiger Woods questions, which is cool and all. But it just 
I, I realize why sometimes when you shoot your shot and you DM a, a girl and she never DMs you back, well, she just might have a lot of DMs. You know, if, I, if I've missed your DMs, it's uh, I, I didn't do it on purpose. I just accidentally missed it. I got a lot of uh, random questions about the Colts offensive line, you know, that you just you just miss. So shoot, shoot me a question uh, if you got one. This is kind of a cool one. Can you talk to, through your process of how you evaluated players and what the coaching staff told you to look for when you were on the road? Maybe you can shine some wisdom on the Raiders scouting staff. Uh, well, I would say for the problem for the Raiders scouting staff is, Har- is uh, almost said Harbaugh. Gruden didn't hire any of the guys. So f- from what I've heard, I-, I just think they come in and, you know, and they're not lazy. I'm not trying to say this, but they're just kind of doing banker's hours, punching the clock because they, they this thing is going to end. All these guys are looking for other jobs, but typically as they should. I mean, Gruden at any moment could get rid of everyone. But like with Coach Reed, the one thing that Philly, we were different, and they're still a little bit like this. They're a little more defined. They run a 3-4 defense. When I was with them, we, they ran a 4-3 defense. So that always changes like what you're looking for with defensive linemen. If you're on a 3-4 defense, you're obviously looking for different defensive linemen than when you're 4-3. That's really the major difference, I would say, for most offenses. Now, sometimes, depending on what offense, or I mean defenses, some offenses, depending on what you run, if you run a zone running scheme, you're looking for, obviously, more athletic offensive linemen. If you run more of a power offensive scheme, you're looking for bigger, you know, stronger guys that may not move as well. Uh, and, And some guys, I would say the good ones, can do both. And when it comes to skill guys, at least with, I mean, the one thing with Coach Reed, as you can just tell with his teams over the years, he doesn't care if you're a midget, if you're six seven, if you're a short, you know, it, it, there aren't height and, you know, requirements. There aren't even speed requirements. Uh, it was just if you could play, you had to keep an eye on you. I mean, look at from Deshaun to Tyree Kill, but he likes the Sammy Watkins, to the Kelseys, to the Kareem Hunts, to the Shadies. I mean, he just likes good players. <laughs> you know, you get him a good player, he'll coach him up. Now, some teams, and this is another thing, you know, is pretty clear. Like, Andy, if you work for Belichick, I mean, there are certain organizations that are going to be more likely to take some character flyers. You know, some organizations aren't going to mess with that. So, that, that, that to me is a big difference. I know when I left Philly and Chip took over, they had a much different emphasis on, you know, you looked at a teacher wrong, you were off the board. You know, Coach Reed. I mean, if you could run the nine route, you know, and you had a little problem, you know, I mean, let's talk it out. And that's how the NFL should be. I mean, Chip's way does not work. And it's why I was a little critical at first, which I was a little nervous of how Kyle would be, you know, Shanahan, would he be open-minded? And there's a balance, like when you're on the road evaluating guys, because really the big thing when you're on the road is acquiring character information, what the guy is like. You know, I mean, if you go into Alabama, you know their top five or six guys are all first-rounders. It's what kind of guy is he? What kind of worker is he? How smart is he? How football smart is he? What's he like to coach? Think, you know, how does he treat people when no one's looking? How does he treat the academic person? People that can't help him out. You know, that that's, that's the hard information you have to find because anyone... Now, obviously, evaluating guys like is a big part of the job, but for the most part, when you're talking about high draft picks, like if I'm going into Arizona State, I got to find everything there is to know about Nikhil Harry. I got to know him like the back of my hand as a human. 
You know, I mean, it's clear like his knock is speed, right? He's not a blazer. I know he can make contested catches. I know he produces. It's pretty clear the dude can play, uh, and he's going to be drafted in the top sixty picks. But I got to know, hell, I mean, t- forty-five picks. But I better come out of Arizona State with a book on that kid and, and know him just the what makes him tick to what he's been like. With this new, I guess they got a new staff, but there's a lot of carryover with the with the offensive staff. I'm just using him as an example. No, if you don't know who I'm talking about, number one at Arizona State, he's he's one of the better wide receivers in kind of a down wide receiver class, but he's a monster. And, and also, you got to balance it out. Like the hard thing is, you go into some of these schools, like and I did it when I went into like SC. I was I was in the office for two years and then only on the road for one. But because in, in, when you're in the office, you're mainly just focused on pro guys. The character doesn't matter. Like if you're evaluating, you know, I, Seattle Seahawks, like, and I'm Frank Clark's going to be a free agent. I'm just evaluating him as a player. Like, does he fit the scheme? You know, that's because really once you've been in the league for a while, your character stuff, I mean, unless you're like Des Bryant. Now, Frank Clark had some character stuff coming out of college, but to my knowledge, he hasn't been in any trouble or anything since. You just evaluate the player. So there's there's a lot of busy work, man. A lot of talking to people that you don't necessarily want to talk to and just time spent not doing football stuff. <laughs> you know, just, I guess, the nature of the job. Uh, let's go. Hey, John. Watching the Steelers is like watching a hormonal teenager. This is a pretty good one. Try to cope with life. Is there any way to get this fixed? Uh, you know, you would, in where I live, have first first world problems. That's, that's a first class issue. Why are we not better? Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure the Steelers have made the playoffs, what, like nine of the last ten years? Now, I get it. I mean, that's your standard in that organization is high. This team, let's call it what it is, was never quite the same. And they shouldn't have been. I mean, this guy was becoming an elite player once ever since Ryan Shazier went down, which was a big deal last year. I thought before Ryan Shazier went down, they were the best team in football because their defense was really playing well and their offense was unstoppable. And obviously, he went down, they're never the same, and they couldn't stop Bortles in that playoff game to save their life. And then the irony is they fired Todd Haley. Like, their score, what was the final score? 45-42? to 42? Now, you could argue they hit just a couple huge kind of deep bombs, but still, like, they, they can always do that. I, I, if you watch the NFL, and I mean, if you're listening to this, you do. Like, I, I feel like the Steelers are flying somewhat under the radar. We obviously are always blowing the Saints and the Rams and the Chiefs, rightfully so. They, they've earned the us talking about them, everyone watching them. They've been excellent. And the Patriots always deserve to be in that conversation. Do you know what's crazy? People are like, God, the Patriots aren't quite as good this year. Do you know what two of their wins this year? The Chiefs and the Bears. <laughs> Those are pretty two good wins. I'm pretty sure the Bears game was in Chicago. Now they beat Kansas City at home. But those are, you know, if this was college football, that's two pretty good teams on your resume. Uh, I, I do think the Steelers could play with any of those four teams in a playoff game. Now, the way it's looking, the Chiefs are now 9-2. and two. They still got a game. They still play Seattle. Uh, they still play the Chargers. Like, their schedule is not just a cakewalk, but let's just assume they get the one seed. Let's assume New England, I mean, their schedule is such a joke because of the AFC East. 
But, you know, in fairness, as much as we make fun of their schedule, they always take care of business. So it's like you can only make fun of them so much because they always win playoff games. But they'll probably get the two seed. So if in some order it's Chiefs, Patriots, 1-2, if the Steelers, actually the Steelers, I guess, could get a two seed. They're they're not, I'm not exactly sure how the tie works in a tiebreaker. You know, obviously if you have, if the Patriots went 12-4, and the Steelers went 12-3-1, and one, the Steelers would get it, right? I mean, they don't have four losses. So, uh, let's change this around. Let's say the Chiefs get the one seed, the Steelers get the two seed, and the Patriots get the three seed. And then the Texans get the four, the Chargers get the five. Who cares gets the six? Well, if it's the Colts. The Colts wouldn't go into New England. No one's going into New England. That's the thing. Like, none of these teams, it gets a six seed, is going into New England and winning. So, New England wins that game. The Texans win that game. The second round would be Texans at Kansas City and Pittsburgh at New England. Pittsburgh matches, I know they haven't beat New England very often, but if Gronk is not around, uh, New England coming off that extra game, that's the one thing. New England, because they always take care of business in the regular season, they always have a one or two seed. They never play that first round. There is a big difference. Now, sometimes you can build momentum. Kansas or uh, Pittsburgh did it a couple years ago. When they went into Kansas City, I guess it was, was it two years ago? When did Kansas, who did Kansas City lose to last year in the playoffs? Oh, Tennessee. So, yeah, it was two years ago. Le'Veon got hurt, I guess, the next game against New England. But they went into Kansas City and win. So, I, they'd have to get over that New England. But if they were ever going to beat a New England team, it'd be this one. I think New England is beatable. This is the nature of having an old Roethlisberger when he's off, the team's slow. But whenever the game's tight in the fourth quarter, you'll always have faith as long as Ben's under center or in the shotgun. And Antonio Brown is arguably a top five non-quarterback in the league. I mean, he is a top five non-quarterback in the league. Juju's awesome. Vance is playing well. The offensive line's good. The defensive line, I mean, they get some pass rush. You can't even, no one can cover in the NFL, so it doesn't matter as much. I I know it's probably pisses you off watching the Steelers, but... I'd feel pretty good about my chances, especially if they're able to somehow get a bye in the uh, in the playoffs. Now, if they do have to win, play that first game, now they would tell you, well, we had a bye last year. The Jacksonville Jaguars came in and beat you. Jacksonville Jaguars were a pretty damn good playoff team last year when you think about it. Their defense was playing at an elite level. They had Fournette, who was healthy. They still had Marquise Lee. I mean, they had some weapons on offense. Uh, it wasn't like just some random Jacksonville Jaguar team. I mean, that I know that was a pretty big upset, but looking back, it's not quite as crazy as you think. Now, it's crazy in the sense that you you, you scored 42 points and you lost. Like, that's, that's pretty unheard of. I, I would imagine there are not going to be many teams in the playoffs this year that host a playoff team and score over 40 and lose. I'm not ESPN stats and info. But I would imagine if we looked into it, in the history of the NFL playoffs, now in the 70s, I would imagine no one ever scored in the 40s, but the last like 30 years, no one who's ever scored 40 points at home in a playoff game has ever lost. That's Middlecoff stats and info. I'm making that up right now, and I believe it. Okay, last one. Middlecoff mailbag. As a Vikings fan, I've heard John D. Filippo's name tossed around as a potential head coach. I do not get the hype. Have an all season. Shermer had a better offense with a worse quarterback and isn't panning out as a head coach. After watching the Bears-Vikings game, should anyone consider DeFilippo? Uh, 
If so, what is all the hype around? Well, full disclosure here. Again, transparent. Hang my hat on transparency. Flip's a good buddy of mine. I'm a big Flip guy. He's going to be a head coach. He's good. I, I believe in him. Uh, biased, yes. But I'm biased when I talk about Andy Reid. I'm biased when I talk about Matt Nagy. Like most of, for whatever reason, people I know in the NFL uh, that I'm really close with are just good at their jobs. John D. Filippo, I'll, I'll tell you two things that's a little different than Pat Shermer. The Vikings defense last year was beyond elite. Like, you, they dominated. So the games look different. You know, like the Bears this year. Their defense dominates every week. So you can get by with Trubisky. And I would say that just watching the Vikings, I've actually feels like I've watched them the majority of their games. Their offensive line this year is not even capable of functioning against good teams. And the problem in the NFC uh, right now is, and they've played the Rams, who have an elite defensive tackle that they could not block in that game. They play the Bears, who have the best defensive line in the league they can't block, best front, uh, because some of their pass rushers, I mean, Mack's not a defensive lineman on their team. They can't block them. Thielen's having a massive year. Diggs has been good. Cook has been hurt. Now the argument would, he was hurt last year. Uh, the one thing you'd say, like Cousins... I'm a Cousins guy in the sense that I, I think he takes some unwarranted hits. Like, yeah, he throws some bad picks, and he did. The, the pick against Eddie Jackson was bad. But talking to a buddy on the Bears the other day, he was like, Kirk made some big-time throws in that game. And this was, you know, a guy on the staff that goes back and re-watches the tape. Like, they were impressed. Like, they, they're not thinking, like, he's some scrub. They think the Bears look at it like they've upgraded, as they should. I think Filippo's done a good job. The biggest issue, and I think Zimmer would tell you this, is their defense in big spots have been shitty. They, they've given up plays. The offense, check Kirk's numbers. Again, just check his eye test. Now, he's had some big turnovers. Uh, but I think Flip's... I, I would much rather have Flip. Now, maybe he's not... Maybe he doesn't become a good head coach. I mean, it's life. Not everyone's going to become a good head coach. But it's in the, it's inevitable. He's getting a shot in the next year or two. Like, it's happening. I knew Pat Shermer was not going to be a good head coach. Like, we'd already been down that road. We'd seen it. The rumors in Cleveland were, like, he couldn't pull the trigger. There was just two on the sideline. He'd just freeze. Like, I, 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 the Giants hiring him was crazy. Like, I would hire Flip. Now, again, not Sean McVay gets hired 10 times. Sean McVay only comes out twice, you know? There's a lot of times it doesn't work. A lot of guys are over their head. A lot of guys just aren't ready. You know, you just never quite know until you do it, but I believe in him. I think he's a good coach. I think the Vikings' biggest issues this year have been on defense. And one of their problems is, one thing their defense has always really kind of hung their hat on the last couple years was Sandeo and Harrison Smith and just all their defensive, you know, secondary and even linebackers with Eric Kendricks, they don't give a shit about the flags. They are looking to put you in the ground and make you feel pain. Well, it's harder to play like that now. They throw flags. Their defensive linemen have always been so violent. Well, you get extra flags for throwing the guy on the ground too hard. It's it's the rules, because the Vikings, I thought last year, reminded me a lot of the Seattle and 49ers teams with Harbaugh and Pete Carroll five, six years ago. They were built like that. Kind of run the ball, a couple playmakers, but defense, they were going to smother you. And a lot of it was because their safeties would just kill you. Their defensive line dominated, and their safeties would break you in half. 
Well, it's harder to do that now. Like I, again, I, maybe I'm, maybe I'm biased. Again, I'm transparent here, but I, I, I think that their issues have been on defense. Appreciate everyone listening. Uh, another fun podcast. Hope you guys had a good Turkey day and uh, I'll, I'll see you next week and enjoy the weekend. Hopefully Michigan can uh, take out Ohio state and we get Harbaugh saving game one of the CFP. I'm all for that. Not a great Sunday slate, but uh, NFL football is better than no NFL football. So we better enjoy it. I mean, hell we're already worrying Thanksgiving. I mean, we don't have much longer the season left. So uh, enjoy it while you can have a good weekend. Happy holidays. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are, or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Tracy V. Wilson from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a Corolla built just for you. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places.